Welcome to another episode of Chalk Talk. Today, we're joined by Chief Medical Officer of Shockwave Medical, Dr. Keith Dawkins. Dr. Dawkins, thank you for taking a few minutes of your time today to speak with us. Uh, thanks, Scott. It's a real pleasure for me to talk to you and everybody else about uh, the Shockwave technology. Great, thanks. In a few weeks' time now, we have our, one of our biggest meetings globally of the year, TCT, and it'll be one of the first times as a global interventional community that we'll have the opportunity to get together to spend some time with, with each other in person for the first time in several years. So very much looking forward to that. But in addition to, to that kind of interaction, TCT is going to be a pretty big meaning for Shockwave as well from a data presentation. With the Disrupt CAD 3 one-year data presentation being awarded one of the TCT abstracts of the year in the featured clinical research session. What's the significance of this new data? Uh, well, thanks for that question, Scott. And just before I answer that, I just want to say that uh, we think uh, TCT this year, 2021, is going to be a very important meeting, uh, not just for Shockwave, but for the interventional cardiology community, because many of us who enjoy getting together and exchanging views with colleagues uh, both in industry and uh, physicians, uh, have not been able to do that live for almost two years now. And so this will be an opportunity for probably a smaller TCT than normal uh, for people to get together live, but obviously the online content and the streaming uh, data will be as important as ever, possibly more so. It, there are a number of important uh, shortwave presentations at this meeting. And we also are anticipating live cases to use shockwave technology uh, from a variety of centers, both in the US, Europe, and elsewhere. And there will also be a, an important uh, symposium uh, highlighting a number of uh, pieces of data uh, and the use of uh, shockwave technology for complex calcified coronary disease. Specifically in relation to the Disrupt CAD 3 one-year data, uh, and what perhaps why it's been selected as one of the abstracts of the year is that shockwave coronary IVL is obviously a novel uh, transformational technology. And there's a lot of interest as to whether the, the early results that were presented and published um, after earlier meetings uh, are sustained up to 12 months. We know from the early data, and that by early I mean up to 30 days, uh, that the majority of adverse events occurred very early. They occurred in hospital periprocedurally, and that was a very low number considering the complexity of the disease, and that uh, very few events occur between hospital discharge and 30 days. And what we're interested in, obviously, in this presentation is whether the low rate of adverse events and sustained uh, efficacy are taken out to 12 months. Because this will be a, a large data set. It'll be the largest data set that's been independently adjudicated, independent core lab, and followed for 12 months. And I think that's why it's been accepted for an abstract of the year. And we obviously look very forward to seeing the results. The results will be presented by Dr. Jonathan Hill, who's a UK cardiologist and is the co-PI of Disrupt Cat 3 with Dean Kariakis. Wonderful. Look forward to that data. In terms of kind of some of the early critiques of the technology itself, one of the things we've heard is the performance and eccentric and nodular calcium, you know, potentially being improved. 
on that front, why, why is eccentric and nodular calcium so difficult to treat and then to modify, I should say? To that end, what do TCT attendees have to look forward to? That's an important question. And uh, in TCT, uh, there will be the presentation of the Disrupt CAD OCT pooled analysis. And uh, the whole eccentric and nodular questions is going to be extracted from that pooled analysis. The pooled analysis uh, is uh, a priori patients who had OCT from CAD 1, 2, 3, and 4. So multiple centers, multiple countries, multiple operators. 262 patients. And importantly, the data were analyzed uh, by the same core lab and the endpoints and everything else, the measurements were the same across 262 patients. So these were the large, this is the largest uh, OCT analysis of patients with severe calcified coronary disease ever undertaken with any technology. And one of the questions of course is, is the efficacy and the safety of coronary IBL the same in patients who have concentric disease as patients who have eccentric or nodular disease. And there's been a lot of debate up until this meeting about the safety and efficacy of coronary IVL, particularly in eccentric and nodular calcium. Could the way the energy is dissipated from the balloon uh, be as effective in eccentric and nodular calcium? Or is there some remodeling in the contralateral side where there's less calcium? And so there's been an incredibly uh, sophisticated analysis looking at uh, calcium angle, calcium thickness, and MSA and stent expansion in all those uh, different groups. And one of the other unique features of the data set is that uh, there's been an, three recordings, three OCT runs in the majority of patients, pre-IBL, post-IBL, and post-stent. So this is a really rich data set and allows us to drill down on the method of uh, action, the mode of action, and the efficacy in these challenging patients. And we're all looking very forward to seeing these data. Yeah, very much so. Uh, on the disrupt CAD pooled front, uh, another interesting abstract that I think people should find interesting is the gender analysis, the women versus male analysis of all the patients that have been enrolled in CAD 1, 2, 3, and 4. Can you speak a little bit about you know, why women have traditionally performed worse in some of these kind of large PCI studies that have been done to date, and even specifically in some of the you know, retrospective calcium modification analyses that have been conducted over the last five years? Yeah, absolutely. And obviously there's been a lot of interest uh, on gender or sex-specific outcomes in all forms of cardiology. And starting right at the very beginning, of course, uh, women often present, present later uh, with chest pain and acute coronary syndromes. They present with atypical symptoms they're under-investigated, they have small vessels, they have often higher comorbidities, and the outcomes 
frankly, with various technologies, including simple balloon angioplasty, intracoronary stenting, and atheroablative technologies are less favorable in women. Women also are underrepresented in, in clinical trials, uh, and the same actually is true of uh, ethnic minorities. And so often when we do, when we do a, a pivotal trial, and, and the FDA are very aware of this, uh, we get fewer data on women. And the, the, so the whole question is whether the outcomes are translatable uh, from men to women. So in uh, the CAB one through four meta-analysis, which is 628 patients, there were um, about a fifth of the patients had, were women. And this um, presentation, which is driven uh, by Alexander Lansky's group out of Yale, uh, analyzes in detail the different, uh, first of all, the different basic demographic features then the different uh, anatomic features in terms of vessels, and then the uh, safety and the efficacy. And we know from uh, previous studies uh, looking at uh, various forms of atherectomy that the outcome in women is less favorable than men uh, in patients uh, treated with these technologies. So what will be really interesting from this presentation is whether that is reflected in the use of coronary IVL or whether the outcomes with coronary IVL are some, uh, somehow different from what we've had previously. And then how the results in women relate to the results in men. Indeed. Uh, anything else in front of mind uh, for you in the, uh, looking at TCT? Any other uh, sessions or late breakers that are, do you think will be impactful to clinical practice? Um, I, I think, uh, I mean, and I'm, I'm obviously biased. I mean, I think uh, the shockwave uh, outcomes are, are right up there and that's why, why they've been selected. Um, I think it's, you know, it's a toe in the water, really. I mean, there'll be a lot of uh, data, I'm sure, uh, looking at the, the relevance of COVID to all of this. Uh, we know that uh, the presentation of patients and the elective treatment of patients has been delayed in many countries as a result of COVID. And we know also that patients have chosen not to come into hospital uh, because of their concern about picking up COVID. And therefore the whole, the whole uh, demography and the way patients present, when they present, how they're treated and their outcomes has changed dramatically in the last two years. And obviously I think that will be a sort of, even if it's not in big lights in TCT, that'll be a discussion point in in uh, all the corridors and the symposia about how the last two years have really affected how we treat uh, coronary disease, but obviously diseases in general, frankly. Indeed, yeah, look forward, to, look forward to learning more about that. Keith, thank you very much for taking a few minutes out of your day this morning, really appreciate it. For those that wanna learn more about Shockwave's uh, sessions of interest, please feel free to visit letsgetcracking.com or the Shockwave website and you can download a full list of all the presentations at the meeting. Keith, thanks again. Hopefully we'll see you in a few weeks if the borders open up. Otherwise, we'll plan to see you virtually here uh, in, a, in a few weeks. Thanks, Scott. It's been a great session, and uh, I look very forward to hearing the presentation. Likewise. Have a nice day.